Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We've got the latest on 300 ranking update, which came out on Monday. Today's BWI Daily Edition, breaking down where all the Nittany lines moved up and down, who's in, who's out of the on 300, and of course, where they rank overall. That's coming up on the BWI Daily. Also, the incomplete missing part now in the class of 2023 would be the quarterback situation. So I'll be throwing out some names and some things I've seen from those players on film as we get ready to end the 2023 cycle. Although don't go anywhere because there's still a long way to go to the finish line. Let's get to it. It's the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We're taking a look at the on three rankings where Penn State moved up and down in those rankings. Some interesting movement and some things. If you've been following along, uh, you might have expected from some of the players who are high and low compared to where they were previously. So let's get right into it and let's like take a look at the uh, interesting parts by the numbers from the on 300 rankings. Also, if you want to check these out on 3.com, and bluewhiteillustrated.com. There's breakdowns of where players have moved over the last cycle. So let's take a look by the numbers. And it starts off with a very positive sign for Penn State football. Javen Williams, 10th overall player. Really only moved up one spot, but solidifying himself as a top 10 player in this class. His spring numbers in track were a really impressive feat for him. Alex Birchmeyer trending towards a five-star status when that is expanded. Uh, 29th overall. The biggest mover here is King Mack going from not ranked all the way up to 88th in the class. Uh, Jameel Lyons also moving up, some other players moving up as well. But here is where maybe some players move down. TJ Parker and Elliott Washington, both top 100 players. Washington stays in the uh, 100s, but uh, down 58 spots is Parker. And then Lennon Montgomery falling out of the on 300 altogether. But when you look at the totals, 300 in the top 300 players, Penn State has 11 prospects, six in the top 150, and in the top 100, they have four. Uh, both linebackers who committed recently, Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, stayed relatively in the same spot. Ro Rojas moving up four places, Tamir Robinson moving down a handful of spots. But let's take a look at some of the internal parts of that, some of the players that I think are interesting in terms of where or maybe why they moved in the on 300 ranking. Now, the first part is players moved up, right? So players who were deserving of moving up, you have to create room for them. So even at times, if you stay put, even if you stay, you know, kind of in your slot, and that's where a lot of these players that ended up happening of their overall rating of it's a 92, it stays a 92, but maybe somebody jumped up to a 93 or a 94 or, an, you know, from an 85 to an 89, something like that. None of these players were were lower on evaluation throughout the process, but other players were, were deemed as more deserving to move up. 
So let's take a look at King Mac and talk about why he was one of the biggest risers in the class. We've talked about this previously. Despite being five nine and a half, he is the best tackler uh, in this defensive back class, especially from St. Thomas Aquinas. He hits hard. He runs to the football. He makes plays in open space. And when you have that size and the versatility he plays with and the ball skills, uh, the on three recruiting directors and and the panel really like what they saw from him once they got their hands on his tape. And of course, the uh, the really, really good track times that he's put up this spring verified the speed you see on film. So that's another area where you see a lot of positive growth for Penn State. And again, when you look at his ability to make plays on the ball, there is not a hole in his game outside of his height. But as you can see, he does not let that hold him back. Interestingly. When we talk about height and length, a guy who's actually bigger and a guy who uh, plays, I think, as big as he is, is Elliot Washington. Now, at the cornerback position, we've talked about him in his film evaluation, explosive speed, downhill trigger. He was at the UA50 and was impressive physically and with that downhill burst. But you know, when you see him rally in the in the flat, uh, but he drops in the on three rankings. This is something that Ryan Snyder and I talked about on a previous show during his commitment and and then thereafter with wouldn't be surprised if a guy who's 5'11 does not have elite length at the cornerback position. He drops down a little bit. He dropped down 27 spots still in the top 100, still a top 100 overall player. But if you're looking for prototypes and you're looking for the physical upside, that's really what I think determines whether or not you're going to be in that top 50 to 100 is what is your upside that's what charles power recruiting director has talked about before when when you're when you're ranking these players he takes into the nfl draft into account of it's the only other time that they're ranked positionally and overall and you got to have those metrics and if you don't and if you're missing some of those things that is why you might not be upon further review a higher player overall and that, I think, goes into what we talk about when we take a look at T.J. Parker, because T.J. Parker, in a, in a similar way, has the same situation as uh, Elliot Washington, where a very high floor player, T.J. Parker, great size, 254 pounds, six foot three. He's good at everything. But does he have elite length? Does he have elite speed? Does he have elite bend? And none of those things really uh, you know, represent themselves on his film or in his profile, but he's still a top 150 player. So think of it this way. Is is TJ Parker possibly a first round pick? By the on three rankings, no. But he could be a second round pick. You know, if we're projecting to that level of evaluation is what we're kind of making the comparison of. So still a very valuable, highly ranked prospect, but upon further review, some of the, the holes in that game. Now, some of the other guys that moved up in the rankings, again, Conrad Hussey, Talk about plays on the ball and his speed. These are the things that are going get, get, to get you noticed. They're going to get you ranked higher because he's got the versatility to play single coverage in uh, in zone coverage. His ball skills are excellent. So these are the, you know, coming over, I believe, from offense the year before. These are what got him noticed as well in the updated rankings going into the 200s. Now, some of the consistency at the position, he's he's relatively new. Maybe not as many track times. He did flash at some uh, camps this summer. All that stuff gets you noticed, and that's why he is a part of this this group and this uh, updated ranking. Again, same thing I'd say with Joey Schlaffer, who also moved up six foot five, 
growing into his frame. He's got great length, all those potentials and those skills and, and shows good ball skills. That's where we're getting some of these updated rankings, some of the players that moved up. But so far overall, Penn State is in a great position. 11 players in the top uh, on 300. And then they have the opportunity to add a couple of players that are still ranked in that area, but are not yet. So with 19 overall players, they can add even more players in that top ranking in the top 150-ish and finish with maybe uh, 12 or 13. That's all going to depend over the next couple of weeks. But for the most part, Penn State's defense is done. Now, their Kavion Keys is a part of the, the picture coming up in August. Will they take a third linebacker? He's another player in the on three rankings that is in the top 150. I believe he's 148. So the Evan Link, another player, obviously at that tackle position that everyone's keeping an eye on. Everyone's wondering about the, the gnashing of teeth over Evan Link continues. So we'll see where he lands, uh, not only in the final rankings, but also in uh, his school of choice. Radio silence so far making people nervous. Uh, but that's really to to the, the players that moved up. The only other player I'd say is that uh, Jameel Lyons and his ridiculous transformation over the last two years going from sub 200 pounds to 258. Again, when you talk about a player that has a high ceiling, Jameel Lyons has a very high ceiling. And you can see that in the way he moved up to 198 overall elite length. He's got great bend, maybe not elite speed, but when you're looking at like power from the defensive end position, size, ability to play the run and the pass with the fluidity which he plays, these are why Penn State was so hard after him despite his lower ranking uh, in previous uh, drafts of the the on 300 and some of the other composite rankings. So a huge move up for, uh, for Jameel Lyons based on his frame and his size and his development. Now, from a physical or from a technical standpoint, some things to work on and how he uses that length, some inconsistency in his game. So, again, sky's the limit here, but some of the inconsistencies and some of the things in his profile, keeping him out of that 150 range where he has the potential to get there. That's another part of the, the evaluation process, I think, is he can prove he could get even higher in these rankings. And that's something when you look at Penn State's class overall, a couple of players still have the opportunity to move up. Um, when you're looking at uh, uh, Javen Williams in the on 300 uh, composite rankings and on three's composite rankings, he's still in the 60s. And the reason is because other scouting services have him in the hundreds or in the 50s. So when those are updated, if and when they decide to move him up, that will make his uh, his composite ranking go up exponentially. But some other guys in the class that I think have the chance to move up. Tony Rojas with a strong senior season. Moving to linebacker, uh, playing there a little bit more full time and also getting bigger. Tammy Robinson is another player that dropped in the overall rankings, I believe, into the 170s. But the injury, no testing data this summer and uh, playing the position for the first time last year. The size, the speed, the physicality are all evident. It's about what can he do on the football field? Can he show those things consistently? Um, and there's the opportunity to, but coming back from an ACL injury, his senior season, uh, he might just be perpetually underranked going forward. A couple other guys that I think have the chance to move up when you take a look at their overall rankings in, in the class. I still think Matthias Barnwell has a chance to do that, but we have to see it on the football field. He's got the, the upside, 
We're talking about upside in this class. He's got the upside to do it, but if he's going to be listed, the problem is he's listed as an athlete right now. So where he ranks as an athlete and where he ranks as a, as a defensive tackle might be two different things, but we haven't seen a lot from him at that position uh, full time with him, you know, going all in on it. It was his first time playing last year. So can he move up? And then of course, Lennon Montgomery, like, uh, like we said earlier, some of the players that maybe moved out of the on 300, but didn't uh, leave, you know, their, their general ranking area still ranked as a 90 overall in the, in the star system, but can he move back in there? Uh, size is obviously a factor, but when it comes to his speed, his burst, his productivity, um, he has the chance, I think, to sneak back in there if he gets a little bit bigger this summer and he plays the same way he did last year. But overall, it, I don't think the 270s, 275s, I don't think he's going to get much higher than that. Uh, then, of course, some of the guys that are not ranked and haven't been ranked that have the opportunity to move up. Yazid Haynes, the speed is there. Some of the other questions, obviously, he's the 52nd ranked receiver uh, in the nation, not a part of the on 300, but other recruiting services higher on him than on three. The size, the speed, they're all there. Anthony Donko, same way. Elite athleticism. Can he put it together and can he be productive on the football field? Because that part has to materialize. If it does and all that comes together, I think we're going to see uh, um, some movement from him in the final rankings. But Penn State has the opportunity at two five-star players in this class. They have the opportunity at almost 15, maybe almost half, uh, a little over half the class being in the on 300. So a very strong class in 2023. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be breaking down and giving a letter grade to each side of the ball coming up this week as far as it stands right now with their recruiting. Give it a little bit more granular details of the offense and the defense and how they stack up uh, to overall how it, maybe how it could have been and how it, uh, you know, just the players at the positions, how well they hold up when it comes to their potential, their profiles. So. Great news for Penn State in the on 300 overall. And let's take a look at some of the players that might be able to help accentuate that and help uh, the class overall. And that quarterback position is a big hole for the Nittany Lions in the class of 2023. With Marcus Stokes decommitting, moving on to Florida, they have to find somebody else to put in that spot. At least that's my opinion is you have to find another quality prospect. We're not talking about a filler. We're not talking about a guy that is just going to be a part of the class because you got to get a quarterback every year, but you need to get a quality prospect. Can they find or flip a player? So in the conversations, it's very important to make this clear. It's a very murky situation right now, according to our Ryan, our Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider. So what we know is that we know they're looking and there's a lot of names on the table. They're casting a wide net, but there's nothing definitive right now. But two of the names he's brought up on the show, I got curious. Jackson Smolik and uh, and Brady Drogish or Drogish. Uh, I wanted to see what they were like. I wanted to see what they what they brought to the table, what these players might be if they joined the Nittany Lions. So I looked at them this weekend, and I have a quick scouting profile on uh, what they can bring to the table. And let's start with Jackson Smolik because pretty clear what he is. And this is just his highlight tape. You'll see uh, a really quick decision maker, great thrower of the football, very easy release comes off his arm really well, efficient, quiet mechanics. Uh, he's about six, one, six, two, 
maybe 195, 200 pounds. So not the biggest frame in the world, but not small. Decent mobility, not necessarily the most athletic player on the football field. So, you know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Throws a very catchable ball, and I think his accuracy is a plus for him. So very good profile on the surface. But if you're watching this here, you'll see just the way the ball comes out of his hand. Not a lot of arm strength. And the interesting thing is, you know, listening to one of the broadcasts from the games I was viewing, apparently, according to uh, the broadcasters, he had collarbone surgery in September and came back and played four games. So is his arm strength indicative of his arm strength or is that indicative of coming back from an injury? If he has more RPMs to give in this arm, I think he's a quality prospect. But that's the big question. Uh, you know, we got to verify that information and we got to figure out, you know, this summer and, and into next fall, what is the upper end of his potential? Going back to what we talked about with some of the guys in the on 300 and moving up and moving down. What's their ceiling? Because you can get a quality player that is a good prospect, but maybe doesn't have the ceiling to compete at Penn State in Jackson Smollick. But I want to know more. I'm intrigued. I want to get some more information on that. And we'll be going through that a little bit. Really interesting player next, Brady Drogish. And there's, again, some good stuff, some, wow, that's really good. And then there's some stuff over here that we'll see. I'll show you. So here is one of the things that I noticed first is that he's got a very baseball throw. And I'll show you what I mean, where his arm comes over and he kind of rotates his upper torso where he leans into his front foot, very linear throwing motion. And uh, and that's a little bit of an inefficiency, a little bit of a, a, a power suck in when it terms to throwing the football. But as you can see, when he when he leans into it, he's got a strong arm, but it is a very it's a very long delivery that he makes up with with a quick release and a strong arm. So very linear thrower. He's on his front foot. I think his weight transfer is a little bit clunky. There's some clunky things, really, is what it is when it comes to his throwing his throwing motion. There's a lot of effort in it. So if he could clean that stuff up, he's six foot four, 200 pounds, and they use him as a running threat. And here is the interesting thing is he looks like Tommy Stevens, but he runs like Will Levis. So he is running straight up and down and he's a good rushing threat. I don't know how he does it because he's not overly dynamic. He doesn't make hard cuts even as a quarterback. Like I think he's got kind of heavy feet and yet He's quick enough to do everything he needs to do. He's able to get first downs. And then when he gets in the open field, he's got these sort of moves that I guess maybe you don't see coming, but he's able to break tackles, get extra yards. And, uh, and when he gets in the open field, he's hard to catch because he's got this super long stride, but they use him as an option quarterback. So he's getting hit a lot. He can run between the tackles. Uh, he's running straight up and down, which not a fan of, but uh, an interesting prospect with some, I think some some questions of whether or not you can fix some of that stuff. Can you get him a little more efficient and smooth in his delivery? Can you get some of the baseball, some of the effort out of that rotation in his shoulder? Make him a little more of a column when he's throwing the football, a little more efficient and 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 solid instead of so much effort in his throw. So neither prospect, I think, is a slam dunk, but either are interesting enough to pursue. And again, those are just two names that we've dug up and that, you know, interesting players that we know Penn State is, is interested in, but we don't know the level of interest there. Do either of them reach the level of the players that Penn State recruited last year? 
in Drew Aller and in Bo Perbula. And, and that's where I would say at this point, no, because both of them, I think you can make the comparison to those guys last year of the big, strong physical thrower and the efficient, smart, maybe a little too quick in his decision-making with Smolik. Um, but neither of those guys really reached the level of what Penn State had last year. So right now, I think the search continues, but they are interesting prospects where if we get more information and you do some more digging and you feel confident about the upside there and some of the malleability of the quirks that they have, interesting prospects, players that I think you could reasonably take a look at. Um, but we'll keep monitoring that, of course, at bluewhiteillustrated.com, where you can sign up for just $1 and get 12 months of access, recruiting inside information as we come down the home stretch of the summer into the football season. And with that, we're going to be starting our season preview coming up this week here on the BWI Daily Edition. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss anything from the BWI Daily. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. More recruiting information coming up uh, tomorrow on the recruiting show. Ryan Snyder and uh, Greg Pickle breaking down the On 300 further, talking more about some of the situations that we saw coming over the weekend and, of course, going into the future. I think Evan Link's going to be brought up, but I don't know what we're talking about tomorrow. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you then.